Before we get into today's podcast with photographer Tommy Garcia, I wanted to tell you about a new file transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop was designed by photographers with professional photographers' needs in mind. With PicDrop, you can easily upload, archive, and share files with clients, and even create private galleries where clients can make selections, leave feedback, and download their files. Prior to PicDrop, I was using outdated platforms like Dropbox and WeTransfer. But with PicDrop, they really understand what photographers need, and I can easily access my files via mobile phone or my laptop and archive my work in one safe location. PicDrop has really helped kind of streamline my business. With today's podcast, when you sign up for PicDrop, you'll receive three months free of the PicDrop file transfer tool. Um, when you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, one word, at PickDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, one word, when you sign up at PickDrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get into today's podcast. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne. And on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Tommy Garcia. Tommy has worked with clients such as Netflix, AT&T, Beats Headphones, and Fox, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Tommy about how he first discovered photography, working as a digital tech for some of the top working photographers prior to making the jump to shooting on his own. I also speak to Tommy about how he approaches portrait shoots and his love of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tommy is someone who has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the photography business, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with him about his journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy and thanks so much for listening. All right. I now welcome on Tommy Garcia, aka Tommy G, aka R5 Tommy now. Uh excited, <laughs> excited to have you, dude. I guess straight off the gate. I never talk gear, but we've been having so many conversations between uh you and a bunch of our mutual photographer friends and whatnot. You just got the R5. Tell people about it. What are you loving about it, man? Yeah, so I'm def I definitely shit on mirrorless, especially for like professional use. You know, I was just like, nah. Like I have an X Pro two, yeah, and I love it. Uh, it's like my everyday, you know, beat around camera. Um, but for professional work, I just thought mirrorless. There's no way that's the answer. And then I got forced to use it on a shoot, and instantly fell in love. Uh, it's just like the function. It just it felt like an updated version of the 5D Mark IV, mm. which we've been waiting for since what 2018 at the earliest, you know. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it just it just seemed like the right move. It, it, I've been telling people that the way I feel now is how I felt when Canon started discontinuing all my 35 millimeter. Um, actually, I got my bad boy right here. This is my my oh, Canon A2. Damn. We're going back, 35. dude. All right. <laughs> so, so that was my baby. Like I loved that camera so much. Um, and then I just started looking around when digital first started coming out. Remember, Canon had like a D10 or something. I think that yep. was one of the, or, you know, something like that. Um, or a D5. It was like backwards. But uh, uh, and I just thought this is bullshit. These cam, these digital cameras are never gonna, you know, compete with film. Blah blah blah. I was wrong. Uh, and so I had that same feeling, like. I feel like Canon is abandoning the pro 35 millimeter DSLR crowd. Right. Definitely. And I mean, I think mirrorless is just, it's just the way it's going. And 
that sensor like uh, dynamic range is better. Uh, the autofocus is damn near cheating, um, yeah. which I'm, you know, cheat to win. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think there's probably, I've been saying like, I think the R5 is dope and I'm glad I got it, but the next one is going to be the 5D Mark IV, like replacement. It's done game over. Um, that's what people will be shooting with in stuff that, that I do. Yeah, cameras are fucked, man. Like, I can't even imagine what cameras are going to be like in another five or 10 years from now, because it's like, yeah. whatever fucking camera you get now, this, the technology of it is like insane. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't even know. This thing, if autofocus is for you, basically, I mean, it, it, literally the setting is like, hey, just relax. I got this. That's the setting. And you're like, I, I mean, it's great. I feel like I've paid my dues. And so now I'm like, Oh, I deserve to like relax on autofocus. But then, you know, there's like some youngins coming up that are like, they're never going to know the struggle of missing focus on like your favorite shot ever, you know? Yeah, man. That's always the worst when like portrait wise, if you're trying to get the eyeball attack sharp and then it's lit right under the eyelid and it's like motherfucker. Right it's like, here. yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's brutal. I got this photo. I got this photo of Tom Brady that I took uh, when I shot him. And he just get it right. Let me get right into name dropping. Um, yep. <laughs> and, and so this dude, like he, he basically does is like, let's fucking go. And so, but he like charges me. Right. And I'm just like, da -da 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 -da. and the best frame is Tom Brady, like ah, out of focus. Damn. You couldn't even save it in Photoshop. A little sharpening. It was just too much. Yeah. There's like, yeah, it's there's like, only so much. Like the ear is <laughs> oh, sharp. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I might throw it in the trash. <laughs> How was Tom Brady to work for? Because you you shot him a couple of times, right? Dude, he is. I thought I honestly thought going into it, I was going to hate him. Just and that's just you know that's just because of football and like I you know Patriots. Not that I hate the Patriots because I, I don't have like a rival team. It's just like I got sick of seeing him winning. You know. Yeah. yeah. And fast forward to this year where he won again. But uh, I don't know why I thought I wasn't going to like him, or mm -hmm. I thought maybe he'd be like kind of standoffish or whatever. One of the nicest, um, most like respectful of everybody else's time professional dude you know he was like 10 minutes early to set and he left like five minutes after his heart out and anything you wanted him to do just ask he and he pretty much said that too like basically tell me what to do give me direction and i'm yours Damn. and it was it was a dream dude it was it was one of my favorite shoots honestly i think i've ever done is that something like being that you shoot like a lot of like entertainment and celebrity work is that something you kind of have to like kind of going to the shoot now with like preconceived notions like what the person's going to be because like as you know you like you hear about celebrities like this person's like that and this person's like that do you try to kind of go in with like an open mind or like how do you approach that being that you shoot like well-known people i guess yeah i definitely go in with an open mind especially because um i don't know I'm, I'm a people person right like i like i like to connect and i feel like i can do it pretty easily i'm also kind of like a chameleon in a way where i can sort of adapt my you know i grew up in this like you know, I'm Mexican, but I, you know, look white. And so it's like, I could get real Mexican real fast homes. You know what I'm saying? Like if I need to, <laughs> but like, uh, it, I don't know. It just, it's a weird, it's a weird ability. Um, you know, borderline sociopathic, <laughs> but I like to like try to connect with my subjects, especially when I need to make good photos of them. I don't need them to be my best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just need them to, you know, sort of accept our give and take relationship. And so I definitely go into it with an open mind and also knowing that, you know, I worked when I was a digital tech man, I worked with a ton of photographers and we would work with the same celebrity, different photographers. 
And then you would see completely different personalities day to day. And so it's like, you know, they're, they're people just like us. They have bad days. They have yeah. good days. Um, and so, you know, you kind of don't, I don't really judge until you've been around them, like, you know, five, six, oh, yeah, that's seven, right. <laughs> and then when it's like, they're, oh, they're always an asshole. Like that's okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It comes with, but, the te- you know, yeah, it comes with the territory and yeah, you just got to grind through it, I guess. Um, yeah. but I guess to go back, man, like, where do you grow up? Like, how do you kind of initially pick up a camera, I guess? Yeah. So, you know, that was, it's funny. I was actually thinking about it, um, when you and I first started talking about doing this and I was yep. like, you know. I, like my origin story is kind of, it's kind of wild, actually. I don't tell it very often. So it's kind of cool um, to, to say this. But uh, so basically, um, I grew up in Huntington Beach uh, and never held a camera my entire you know childhood. Uh, the first time I picked up a camera was in 2001. Okay. So at that time, I was uh, 19 years old. And um, basically, what happened was a really good friend uh, died in a car accident. It was like super tragic. He was 18 um, on our way to uh, to Havasu and head on collision, man. The big you were in the car too? No, 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 no. Um, But, you know, he, so tragic death, right? Like, like life flipped upside down kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially when you're that young. I don't know. It hits like so hard. Um, Definitely. And so, you know, we were super bummed out and, and my best friend's dad is a photojournalist. He shoots, he was shooting for like truck and magazine and like, um, you know, rod and custom, all these yeah. car <laughs> magazines. And I always loved his job because we would go, he would take us to car shows all the time. And he was always, you know, had his big old camera bag around his shoulder. And um, so anyway, he, you know, he saw me and Casey kind of sitting around being just super depressed and was like, I got an idea. Like, here are these passes to the NASCAR race in Fontana out here. And I secretly like low key love like racing, NASCAR, okay. Formula One. I love it. Um, and so he's like, "Here, here's my passes, but you know, you got to pretend basically to be a photographer because they were they were all access uh, photographer press passes." Wow. So he's like, he's like, you know, just strap the camera around your shoulder. You don't have to. You don't need. You know, don't worry about it. And so I was like, you know what though? Like, I got this camera. I've never used this thing big ass camera uh, lenses and all this. And he had like, you know, 30, 40 boxes of film for each yeah. of us. Wow. And so I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try. And so I loaded the film and uh, you know, my first shot, I, my first shot is hilarious. Cause you're just like, what a, you know, what a dork. <laughs> Basically I had this telephoto zoom lens and there was these two like kind of like smoking hot girls uh, on a railing. Right. And, but there's a chain link fence in front of me. Yeah. And I zoomed in and I was like, oh my God, the chain link fence disappeared. <laughs> like, and so I just zoomed in, I took this picture and I still have it. It's a slide film. Uh, I have the slide and it's the first photo I ever took. And it's like this creepy voyeur. I'm just shooting hot chicks from a distance. Um, but, uh, and so, yeah, man, so I go through the day and I burn like no joke, 30 rolls of film. Wow. Uh, That's a uh, lot. Just, spraying man spraying. okay and i was so obsessed with the fact that the shutter could go so high i was like eight thousandth of a second like so i'm shooting nascar boom eight thousandth of a second you know i'm like so still can't wait to get this film back none of it eight thousandth of a second <laughs> frozen solid car looked parked you know yeah uh because i had no idea what i was doing yeah um, man and so the next day, really, literally the next day, I went and bought my first 
camera and it was the like Andre Agassi edition rebel uh canon rebel oh wow yeah Agassi had his like flowing locks on the cover and all that stuff um yeah so and I kind of never looked back man I I I went to a uh, uh, community college uh, down there, uh, OCC, which is a f- insane program, right? Mm-hmm. Like your first classes, like, you know, intro to photography, they're basically like, here's a four by five camera. Like, damn, we're not doing, I mean, I don't know what they're doing now, but that, back then it was like, yeah, it's four by five or get out of here. Um, and so I just like, it was, it was one of those things where I just, I picked up the camera that day on that NASCAR race and everything just made sense. It, it, you know, I, I kind of like, I never looked back after that day. Um, it's just, it's, it's always been like, nope, this is That's what, what I'm, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I wanted to be Bob Ryder, my, my buddy's dad. Like I wanted to be the guy who went to the car shows and shot all the cars, you know? Damn. Um, and Bob's still out there shooting. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, he's, yeah, I think he's working at like a car body shop now, like building like old, like hot rods and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's, you know, that, that was like, that was my photography Yoda. Yeah. LA is interesting. There's just like such a, like that culture of car culture. There's so many different types, like the low riders. And then there's this, like, I know talking to that guy, Peter, uh, we talked to on clubhouse yeah, Pete, and he, yeah. he's all about it. Yeah. It seems like LA, Southern California, there's this uh, huge culture of like cars and whatnot, I guess. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it's crazy. And it, you're right. Cause it's like the whole spectrum of like, you know, the Porsche crowd. And then there's the, I guess the lifted truck crowd and uh yeah there's a yeah, lot people... of that in california i noticed that when i went out the road I was like what's up with all the fucking trucks it's like i know you guys don't even have snow or like no. it, it, it's just like paved road <laughs> well the worst too is when you see like a crazy lifted truck but but it's not a four by right so you're just like wait you got this huge lift on a rear wheel or a, a rear wheel drive truck like like what yeah man um, um, but yeah so so then i uh i transferred to cal poly san luis obispo Damn. which uh, central coast, California, dead center of the state, basically, if anybody's not familiar. Um, and, you know, just that's when, that's when I actually think I discovered that I preferred shooting people uh, okay. like portraiture. They had studios and you, since I was already um, an upperclassman when I transferred in, I, I had access to the studios and uh, the guy who ran the program at the time, this guy, Kurt Brown, who's like a legend in the central coast, uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, he liked me, thankfully. And then I got all the studio time, you know, I'd, I'd go in at like 10 PM and just shoot portraits or whatever. Um, and all that, that practice, I feel like is, you know, cause like most of the kids in the program were kind of like, you, you, you do this, the assignment and then, you know, you go party or whatever. And I, I took it a little more seriously. I, I really was like, so into learning more about like lighting and what worked and what didn't work that I just kept playing. Oh, that's awesome. As like working in the studio, is that something you've always kind of enjoyed? I mean, looking at your work now, you, you do a mix of both like environmental and studio, but what is it about like the kind of studio work that you enjoy? You think? I, I mean, just the, controlling the light is, is my favorite thing. And, and, and just seeing what it'll do. Like, Oh, if you take this and, you know, pull it back, what it'll look like versus if you like put it way forward, what if you double diffuse it? What if you triple diffuse it? What if you no diffuse it? Um, you know, but if you cut it over here and I don't know, I just like, I love that stuff so much. Um, that's like when, like when I was a digital tech working for guys like Art Striber, right? Like, you know, it was like kid in a candy store for me. Cause art was always, you know, art didn't have like, um, he doesn't have like a go-to lighting setup. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where it was like, I felt like every shoot was different. And so we were always getting to experiment, you know, and, and art, art was really good when, when his assistants had input or something. It was like, well, I don't know, let's try it. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I definitely like took that from him where I, I still do that. You know, it's like, I know what I want to do. I know how I want to light a job. But like, if you, if you were on a job, you know, my assistant, like if you were on a job and you saw something and it worked really well, like, let me know and let's try it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Bring so yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to ever think that like, I'm the, I know how to do it. And like, this is the only way. Cause there's, it's a, there's a million ways to do it. Yeah. We were talking about that the other day, how like, someone was like yeah i don't want to hire someone who like knows more than me and we, you were like hell no dude i want my assistants in digital text to be smarter than me and that's like dude. that's the truth man you want those people to have your back if shit hits the fan you know yeah what's that so there's like a saying right it's like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room yeah i mean that's my philosophy it's like no let's let's like group think this let's make i mean i want to be i want to be the point person right like i want to yeah. be the one the client looks to for information i want to be the one the talent looks to for direction but like outside of that it's teamwork you you need you need your crew to be um you know on their game yeah definitely and when you're going to school like did you kind of have a goal in mind for already at that point like what you wanted to do was like entertainment and like the kind of stuff you're doing now kind of always the dream or what did you think you were going to be doing i think so man i i feel like as soon as i got to cal poly it was like I started looking at movie posters uh, uh, in a way where I had never really cared before, you know, like you just drive by, I'm like, whatever, especially here, like in Southern California and Los Angeles, you, you know, they're everywhere. And it's just like, whatever. But then once I became a photographer, I started looking at them like, Oh shit. How, like, how the hell did they do that? I bet, you know, I bet they did the light here. And then, you know, and then there's these rims cause everything is rim lit, especially yeah. back then. <laughs> um, and so I started practicing with that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, I, I especially, I discovered Jill Greenberg's work, right. When I was in college, cause she was like blowing up then. And then when I graduated, she was the first photographer I worked for. Damn. Um, that's a pretty good person to start with. Yeah, man. I was out here. Like I, I always tell the story, like I was emailing people, uh, photographers like, Hey, you know, I'd love to work. I'd love to work, um, with you. And you know, I was, I would, I would word it in a way where I would say like, I'm a photographer. Here's my website. Like they care. Yeah. Um, and um, I would love to work with you. So I could, you know, stupid shit. Like, so I could learn yeah. um, the business from yeah. you, you know? Um, and then I emailed and somebody and then some, a friend kind of mentioned to me, like, maybe, you know, maybe make it about them. Maybe yeah. like tell, you know, cause no, nobody was responding. And so they're like, maybe make it about them and like how you want to help their team, not about you, you know? I will get and you coffee. I will do yeah. what <laughs> clean yeah, your studio. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and it was so the email I wrote to her was like, I and I said I, in the email, I said, I really want to um, assist or intern for you. And she wrote back and said, I want you to be very clear. Do you want to assist or do you want to intern? And I was like, I, I want to assist. And yeah. she was like, All right, like. Next Tuesday, I have a shoot. Are you available? Um, and it just happened to work out because her her normal assistant uh, just decided to quit the industry and become a small EA up in Napa. So she was like, kind of like, you know, it was like just perfect timing. Like my email came in right when her other assistant said he's out. Yeah. Um, and so, so I started, so I, I did my first day with her, had no idea what I was doing. Um, uh, Dom, uh, Desaia, uh, Desaia, yeah. sorry. Desaia, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, Dom was the assistant, the other assistant on that job. 
And I came in just fully bullshitting my way, fake it till you make it, you know? And he's like, he's like, Hey man, um, you want like, you mind setting up the Octa? And I was like, Oh dude, yeah, totally got it. And I'm like on my phone, my iPhone, like <laughs> the first iPhone. Right. And I'm like, how do you open an Octabank? <laughs> yeah, I have no dude. clue. We didn't have, we didn't have Octabanks at Cal Poly. Right. Yep. Um, so I'm like trying to, I'm opening it. I'm like trying to like, um, you know, you know, just not what working. And I'm like, and he comes over, like, is everything you good? And I was like, fucking thing's broken, man. It's, it's broken. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should get another one. And then he just grabs it and's like, click. No, nah, that's good. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, dude, I must have. Hmm, yeah, my bad. <laughs> um yeah so but that's, just, how you, that's how you learn like i, I had a, a, so many, all those situations are starting out even sometimes you're just trying to like pick up the then you go home after that shoot and you do all the research you can to like figure out what skills you need and it's just like building blocks yeah man i remember sweating like same shit like when they ask dude. you to get some weird piece of grip like get a cardellini clamp i'm like uh like what, what? <laughs> yeah and then, and then like the assistants will fuck with you if you're young super new and be like yeah hey go grab it run in the grip room grab a bag of f-stops yeah and it's like <laughs> All right. Or like grab, Hey, uh, see if they have any flux capacitors. Um, we just need one, Yeah, you know, and you just like, uh, you can mess with people that way pretty easy. But, you know, luckily that shoot went really well. Dom was like super cool and is still like, I consider him one of the homies by far um, today. Um, and that's kind of wild that like that shoot, I remember and the digital tech on the job was this, uh, this girl named Jamie Beecham. Mm-hmm. And Jamie has like, she, she moved out of LA and all that stuff. And I haven't talked to her in a while, but she worked at digital fusion. And I remember that day just being like, I didn't know what a digital tech really was. Right. And so I was like on set, like looking at what she was doing. And I was like, man, that's, that's the move right there. Like the digital stuff. Like I'm a computer dork. I love this. You know, like I'm, I'm here for that. Um, and so over time I started like, kind of gradually gearing myself towards wanting to do digital, but uh, Jill then kind of, I think she might've gone on vacation or something happened where it was like work wasn't coming in and she was really the only photographer I was, I was working for. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I can't, I can't afford to not work. So I went to digital fusion and said, you know, Hey, I basically, I want to be a tech. And they were like, oh, you know, are you familiar with capture one? And I was like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They can tell you make it baby. Yeah. Capture one and two, bro. All the captures, you know? Um, And so, yeah. So they're like, all right, come in tomorrow. You know, we want to like talk to you. And I literally downloaded capture one that night, uh, connected it to my, whatever I had at the time, 5d Mark two, I think was the camera. Um, And was just, you know, it was back when capture one was like uh, the light gray, like white uh, interface, you know, that's how long ago. Um, And just learn, I try to teach myself tethering capture one, uh, and, and then they kind of gave me like a little, you know, feel me out. Right. And they, the first shoot they put me on, uh, as a test was art striver. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So my first day on set as an assistant lighting is with Jill Greenberg. And my first day on set as a digital tech is art striver. Damn. Um, were you like nervous? Were you nervous going into that first digital tech job with striver or you, yeah, you're this like, I was much more nervous about that than with Jill's. Um, but also i was lucky that it was a it was actually a test for okay. art like he was he was trying to do some i think he was trying to do some work for like men's fitness or men's health or something and wanted to give them like some cover options and stuff like that so it was a relatively low stress day 
Yeah. Uh, but I was still like, I was super nervous, but that's me. It's like when, when I'm nervous, it's all inside. You'll never, nobody will ever know. Uh, it's like cool as a cucumber on the outside. Um, <laughs> and that's what a lot of photographers, I think when I was a digital tech liked about me, like I wasn't the best digital tech. I wasn't like, um, well, uh, your exposure is like, um, you know, or stop. it's like, I was just like, look, are the photos coming in? Are they sharp? And does it look good? Yeah. What else, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not reading numbers. I don't care if it's 242 or whatever that means. No. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, so started at Digital Fusion. Um, and for people and, listening, what is Digital Fusion? Because, you know, people not live in LA, like, what is Digital Fusion? Like, what do they for do? For sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of companies like that too, right? Like industrial color and all that stuff. So they're basically just um, digital tech companies where they hire out either salaried or freelance digital techs and they own all the equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's not so much the model anymore. Now I feel like a lot of digital techs are just like, well, just freelance. make the investment in the gear and you, it'll pay itself off. Mm-hmm. But like back then, you know, we we're looking at like, you know, $60,000 digital backs and stuff like that. And it was just like, I don't like, I didn't want that overhead, nor could I probably handle it at the time. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're, it was a great, it was a great place for me to start because I never really wanted to make any career decisions based on being a digital tech, you know, um, that was kind of my philosophy was like, if I start a digital tech company, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a digital tech, like for a long time. Um, and I wanted to shoot. So working at digital fusion was awesome, uh, to be able to not have that overhead and, you know, get paid, yep. uh, but also, you know, I was on set as an assistant and a digital tech, like, you know, and the photographers I was working for were on set with some of the craziest stuff from time to time, right? You're like, you know, one day you're working on a shoot and it's, you're shooting Obama. And then the next, you know, week you're uh, shooting Beyonce or something, you know, it's just like, and so through other photographers, I kind of got to um, get rid of some of that like anxiety and stress. Cause you're like, all right, this is a big deal but it's not my shoot, you know? So you're like, and then you see the day play out and you're like, okay, that was a little stressful, but like everything is good. Um, And so that was, you know, so, so people who come in to the industry who, who never assisted, I'm always just like, damn, you must have nerves of steel because if I just got thrown into the fire like that, I mean, that would have scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, But to, to get that experience on somebody else's dime basically um, was, was pretty incredible. And I bet you, I would imagine you made so many di- different contacts within the business that probably helped you a lot. Like when you broke off on your own, your own, right? Totally. I mean, you know, I, when I looked at the digital tech, when I was an assistant lighting assistant, I was looking at the digital tech and I was always like sweating, dirty with gloves on and nowhere near the client usually. Cause it's like, Hey, stand over there and watch that pack, you know, uh, whatever. And then I was looking at the digital tech, like, wait a minute, like you're dressed really nice. You smell lovely and you're shoulder to shoulder with the client like that's that's where i want to be um and so that's what i did and and having the clients you know and you you build a a rapport with them and you know and and the the funny thing is like how i don't know there's a lot of bitter there's a lot of bitter people in this industry and the industry's small right so they Mm -hmm. talk a lot and so i hear stories all the time like you know dude uh, tommy like pulled this dude he pulled his portfolio out on set and I'm just like, bro, I didn't have a portfolio. So like, you know, like a printed portfolio, like, what are you talking about? Like, 
but like, you know, you're at lunch or something and a client's like, Tommy, like, what have you been up to? You know, what you, you been shooting anything? And you're like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I shot this, um, this thing, you know, and they're like, oh, oh, let me see. I'm like, at that point, what are you supposed to say? You yeah. know, like, absolutely not, sir. I need you to stop talking yes. to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, have an NDA. Like, <laughs> like, fucking grow up, you know, um, like, yeah, don't show your, don't, don't, hey, excuse me, can I borrow, like, can I give you a portfolio, do my portfolio review and while we're on, you know, here's my like, promo card. Take. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the, the, the attitudes and the bitterness, it's like, it's like, guys, come on, you know, there's no, there's, there are rules there are unwritten rules. And, and I don't feel like I ever really crossed the line. And, and if I did, I'm sorry, but cheat to win. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I love it, Tommy. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I, I've, you know, I didn't grow up with money yep. and I don't have any famous friends. So yep. I'm out here, I'm fighting alone and I'm scrappy and, and I'll, you know, kind of do what it takes to, yeah. to win I don't 100% know. yeah because we're all this independent contractors hired guns so it's just like you gotta use anything you can like to get your foot in the door somewhere and make some contact with somebody and uh yeah, yeah man, and if the client's like asking you and talking to you or whatever it's I feel like it's even worse if you like wait till the job's over and then send the email like hey uh lovely working with you by the way here's my work I don't know I felt like I felt like that was even like uh yeah. that was worse then if yep. they say, hey, um, what have you been up to or whatever? I don't know. And I see it with my, you know, my digital tech, this kid that I brought into the industry and, and, and started training. Um, and, you know, I'm watching his career basically play out like mine, which yep. is wild. But unlike some of the photographers I was working for who were bitter about that and like, you know, basically ghosted me as soon as I started shooting. I'm like, that's wrong, man. That, like, that's not cool. He like. I, if he if he steals a job from me because that's how people word it which is such bullshit if he gets a job that i don't good for him and and also like i feel like i'd rather have my people my crew moving up than you know if that client went and hired somebody i'd never heard of before yeah um, man and so it's weird people don't see it that way but i think um, it's like i think people it's like I, I kind of view it as like some people play offense and some people play defense like the people that are on defense they don't want to like they won't even tell you what they're shooting, who they work with. Like I have, like, I know plenty of people like that who are super guarded, which I get it. But I think like, I'm more like, I'll share whatever information I got. I'll tell people how much I made, who I worked with. And I think, it, you know, you're not going to win every job. That's just the name of the game. You're not going to get every job that comes your way. But if, right. you, if you have a good network of people that you're helping, it kind of comes bounces back and forth. I'm sure you get referrals from friends that you might have assisted for back in the day or people you worked with. And it kind of goes both ways, I think. Yeah, man. And like, you know, and I remember, so I worked for this car photographer uh, at the end of my digital teching career. Um, this guy, Anton Watts, right. Yep. Just like legendary car. He's, he's amazing. And one of the nicest human beings, funniest guys on the planet. And, you know, he, he basically did the, arm around the shoulder and just like, look, kid, like I want, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go out and shoot, you need to know what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so he was like very open with me about money, how much to bill this, how much he was billing, you know, and you'd hear numbers and you're just like, I, I get why a lot of photographers are guarded about it, especially like with their assistants. Cause you're just like, um, I know that you're only making $350 today and I'm making 10,000. Um, but let's be friends. Uh, I get it. Like I, I, but it's like, yo, this is the, this is how the industry works. Right. And so Anton was, 
very like telling me what he was making, you know, we do a, like a week long job or something in Europe. Uh, and it's like, he's making how much money compared to me? Uh, <laughs> but you know, it was like, what, like, I didn't take it as like, what an asshole. I took it as like, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to know that that you can is get there. You can get a there. possibility, right? Yep. Like, Oh my, yep. I can't even, a, a half of that would have like blown my, blown my world at that time. Um, for one job. Uh, and so, yeah, so, but it was weird when I was working, when I was second for all the entertainment guys, they were so guarded about rates. Nobody talked about money. It was very taboo. Um, and like you just said, I'm pretty open, you know, like when we're on clubhouse and stuff and like, Mm. I've had, I've had people just straight up ask like, Hey, how much, like when you did that job, like, what did you bill? And I'm just like this much. The funniest (laughs) thing is because like, people can be guarded but for the most part like everyone's getting paid like if you whatever genre of photography and photography you're in you're going to get paid somewhat similar rates like in the ballpark unless you're like at some right. crazy level and you're getting more so it's like what's right. that fucking hide dude <laughs> like yeah and if anything it's like let's pull like let's make sure that people aren't like unintentionally undercutting right yeah. like people say oh they're undercutting and it's race to the bottom all, all the time and it's like yeah that is there is something there but it's also like some people some people just don't know and yeah. so if you're used to making 350, 400 a day, and then a client is like, Hey, we'll ha- uh, we got to shoot for you, but it's 2,500. You're like, I mean, 2,500 compared to 350 is like, Holy crap. Hell yeah. yeah. When in reality, that shoot should have actually been billed at, you know, 7,500 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but so if people know knowledge is power, <laughs> if they know what they should be charging, um, I feel like it's only a, it's only a win-win uh, as far as like the industry goes, cause I like doing this man. And, and I don't, I don't want it to become something that's unsustainable because the rates are, are so low. Yeah. And I think we, we've been having the discussion for weeks now about usage, like a lot of people yeah. and that it comes back to this, their education and knowledge of the business side of things is like usage is a very important thing. So you don't just want to be like selling your stuff out, like a buyout every time. Sure. There's certain situations where a buyout is, is like good if they want to write that fat check but like knowing usage and understanding your value as a photographer that's what's gonna i don't know hopefully keep this career path moving yeah yeah i mean it's your you know if you have the copyright if you're the author all that stuff it's like you know that that there's power in that i mean a lot of the stuff i shoot is buyout mm-hmm. um entertainment network stuff um and so I'm happy to collect that money, but uh, very jealous of a lot of my friends who shoot maybe more editorial and own, you know, those images. Yeah, that, that's that's I'm very jealous of that. Yeah, it's a case by case thing because the like, stuff you're doing is so particular to like a TV show or something like. Right. I, I would imagine there's not like a, a lot of uses to like license that down the road unless it was like for that show. So it kind of doesn't. It, yeah, and, and I'll get hit up if like, you know, a cast member from a show does something illegal or, uh, you know, they're like, Hey, can we buy these images? And I'm just like, nah, sorry. Like, yeah. Refer them back to the network. Yeah, man. Who I know, uh, one story I had to tell for the podcast, you told me, but you, you got to work for Martin Scholler, amazing photographer. Um, how's that kind of experience getting to work for him? Did you kind of work on a bunch of shoots with him or how's that experience? So it was really just one big project. Um, it was like a, a network, um, 
they call them like Mondos. Mm -hmm. It's basically when the networks do sort of a overall rebranding or branding campaign. Um, And they just try to get all their talent together and do something a little cohesive for once. Um, And so we were doing this Mondo and it was like, it lasted a while. I think it was like stretched over two or three weeks and um, they wanted the like Martin Scholler look, you know, and, but it was with digital and I don't think he does it. I don't, all like rz rz pretty much i think and so we were shooting so we were shooting hasselblad um uh with a phase phase one back and you know i i don't know if this is true or not but it felt like it might have been the first time he had shot the his look digit like like for a job digitally like i'm sure he messed around with it or something you know but it was weird man it was like i felt like um I felt like I was like uh, there to hurt him or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I was there to like hurt his feelings a little bit uh, because yeah. he just, you know, he, he felt like maybe that wasn't the medium for his look. Um, but it was, it, it was one of the coolest experiences uh, of my career because I looked up to him so much as a photographer. Um, and, you know, he did, I remember he, him giving me this one little tidbit that was like something about always shooting like, he was asking me about what I shoot like zoom, like zooms or primes. Right. And I was telling him like, basically I was all zooms and he was just like, just buy yourself, like buy yourself a 50 millimeter camera or sorry, a 50 millimeter lens and just try to only shoot with that. Just whatever your next shoot is or whatever, just make that prime lens work for every situation. Yeah. Uh, and I did. And it was super fun. Uh, it was like, uh, I mean, hearing somebody like him tell you that, I'd be like, if like Michael Jordan taught, you know, was telling you how to fix your free throw, like you're going to do whatever it is he says. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, so it was, a, it was a super cool experience. And it, it was short lived because, uh, you know, I wasn't his main digital tech. Yeah. I think it was, see, when, and what, that's what sucks sometimes when you're working as a digital tech for those big companies is networks will tend to demand you on shoots, right? Like Fox, for example, has a contract or whatever with Digital Fusion where, only digital fusion text. Wow. Yeah. And so what sucks about that is like you basically come on set as the enemy. Like you're you're already like the photographer, the assistants are basically like, we didn't want you here. They wanted you here. And so like yeah. you're, you know, yeah, that's and, tough and was, because they got their right hand guy who's been part of the crew for like 10 years sometimes, and then you just he can't come. And yeah, that's gotta be. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, man. And, you know, and, and once I became uh, a shooter, it was like, that would happen to me sometimes. And it would, it could be frustrating. Um, and, you know, but for the most part, everybody kind of knows what they're doing, you know, like I'll get like a lot of industrial color, um, which I think is like going to be Smashbox digital now or something, mm-hmm. but uh, I get a lot of those guys forced on me and in the beginning and I kind of hated it, but then you learn to love them. And like, I mean, they're awesome. Like I, I really don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal anymore, but yeah, yeah. When I was a tech, I think it was a little bit more sensitive uh, mm. who, and it sucks because it is like, it's your, you know, you want your crew on your job. You want your, your team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so getting forced to work with people, there was a lot of headbutting going on with certain <laughs> photographers that like, and they'll, they, you know, I had a few people straight up tell me like, uh, you're only here because they, Jeez, man. Know, because they want, I mean, that's how they start the day. Right. Dude, why you got me a dick, man? <laughs> Just roll with, the, know, roll with the punches, yeah. man. Like, if it makes you feel any better, I don't want to be here either, guys. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That, that was that was always a trip um, to be forced onto a set and like just seen as like I'm trying to be a part of your team, but you hate me. So that's <laughs> uh, that's right. odd. Uh, and then you know, you know, 
how do you kind of this is obviously a struggle for a lot of people that get into assisting or digital teching who have dreams of shooting like how do you kind of start making that transition to shooting your own work what was that kind of process for you i guess yeah so uh you know kind of in, interesting strategy i guess i had um it wasn't even totally planned but it just worked out this way it was i i started shooting these little tiny jobs right like you know a client i'd be on set with um for NBC Universal or something, they'd be like, hey, like, we have this like really tiny shoot that the photographer, you know, whoever I was working for, was like, we have a tiny shoot, they're not gonna want it. Like, would you be interested? Hell yes, you know? Um, of course, all, you know, all the, the petty people would be like, no, you should have, you, that was disrespectful. You should have said no to that. Like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Um, so would they yeah. say to say no because they weren't paying enough or like, I don't know. Yeah. Or because like you got offered on, like while you're on somebody else's shoot or got I don't it, got know. It. There's like, you know, it's just like, I, dude, well, tell the client that you got to take any feel- opportunity you can get. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if they're offering something, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so I, I started shooting off some really small stuff. I think the first thing I shot, uh, professionally, really, like for money, uh, decent money, I should say, uh, was Ghost Hunters. Um, okay. For sci-fi. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, so then you take that and then you show it to my, you know, people I knew at Fox. Like, hey, I just, I just shot Ghost Hunters. Check this out. Um, you know, and sort of like start to build up the shoots that way. Um, and then though, because here's what sucked, right? Is like I was, I was digital teching and shooting. So there was a moment where I shot a job uh, for Fox. I I think it was Glee. And then I was teching for Fox like a week later. Yeah. So it was really awkward for me to be like, I'm the photographer on Glee and like, here I am and look and everybody, yeah, it looks great. Awesome work. And then to then see, have them see me back like, hi, I'm a digital tech. Files are sharp. Here's your hard drive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was it was disheartening for me, honestly. It felt like, it felt like one step forward, one step back. Like I was just in neutral. Um, and so then I went, so I, I had already met Anton and was kind of like, you know what, maybe I should just tech for him mm-hmm. because he was so busy that I was like, if I just work for him, it'll keep me off of the entertainment sets. Um, and then I can sort of, uh, so clients wouldn't, the clients I want to shoot for would, wouldn't see me as a tech anymore, but I was still, cause I needed the money. No, you that's know? smart. Needed, yeah. Cause you could take the time to market your work to the clients you want to work with and then still get paid and, you know, keep living <laughs> by working yeah. on this other stuff. Yeah, man. And then like on my Instagram, it's like, Oh, I'm in Madrid. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm in New York. I'm in, you know, but I was with Anton, uh, yeah. but like, they, you know, they, they might not have known that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it was a weird strategy, but it was basically like I needed to get away. The, the more people see you as the assistant and as the digital tech, the harder it is to, to break out of that. I mean, I still think there's some clients that still view me when they hear my name or see me or whatever. That it's, it's Tommy, the digital tech. Yeah. And that's crazy because, so. I mean, your body of work speaks for itself at this point. You shot all these amazing shows and stuff. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it's hard getting over that hurdle, but like. Like, how are you, like, early on, like, were you doing anything to, like, market your work? Like, did you have a printed portfolio or, like, were you going to meet with people or is it more just kind of word of mouth from people you kind of had met during your years of, like, assisting and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's also eventually I, I printed, like, a, you know, a book off of, like, blurb or something, right? Like, I, I've always been pretty bad at having, like, a printed <laughs> book. 
Um, it's not, has not been my strong suit. Um, and you know, I remember, I remember taking it to a place I really, really wanted to shoot for my whole life. And still to this day, uh, ESPN magazine Mm -hmm. and the, the person that I met with there, um, she tore me a new one on our, on my meeting. I mean, she really like, man, I mean, basically almost word for word said, you have no business being here right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and to be fair, she was a hundred percent right. Like my work was at the time, nowhere near ready. I just, you know, you hear like, Oh, well, if you want to work for these companies, you need to have a meeting, you know? And I just thought like, Oh, just I'll win her over with my award-winning personality and she'll Mm -hmm. hire me. No. Uh, and so that was like a huge ego, uh, blow, but I, I needed it, you know? And I actually emailed her. She never wrote me back, but I emailed her and said, uh, recently and said, I just wanted to thank you. Uh, I don't even know if you remember this meeting, but I want to thank you for sort of that actually kind of redirected and put me on a better path I think uh for my career just to know that like you know it's not all personality work does matter um even though it's not who you know it's uh, or it's not what you know it's who you know I mean that is a thing right but like the work the work has to it has to be there um and so I think she she sort of stopped me in my fake it till you make it tracks yeah, uh, and I thanked her for it, and I, I still I, I mean it. Like I don't care if she doesn't respond or, or you like, know whatever, it's fine. Because like at that point, like what was in your portfolio, and like why do you think it was like not a good match? It just wasn't the type of work that they were producing, or like yeah, it's just two different yeah. kind of styles. It wasn't or... like it wasn't terrible work, right? You know, but it's like it wasn't it wasn't at the level of ESPN magazine, that's for sure. Um, you know, there was like a great portrait of my, like at the time he was like four years old, my nephew in there, okay. which is a great photo, but it's like, this isn't, this isn't like, this should not, not be in your professional photography portfolio. Yeah. You want like a cohesive body of work pretty much. Right. Yeah. And it was all over the place. And it was, it was also very um, like network entertainment geared because that's what I had been shooting the most of. Like Mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting about my career too, is that I sort of started off, I started shooting network galleries, whereas most people, most photographers will start shooting editorial. You know, you start shooting for smaller magazines and then bigger magazines. And then you get, you know, and I kind of went backwards where I was like, I had all this entertainment, these entertainment clients, and I was just dying for editorial clients. And everybody is like, well, it doesn't pay. And I'm like, I, like, I don't care. It doesn't pay. That's what like, you get, to, you get to shoot really cool shit. You own the photos. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit more like artistic. You can like express yourself a little bit better than like on the network shoots. A lot of times it's just like, Hey, here's, here's what we're shooting and shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I was going to ask you about that because some something you mentioned a, a lot when talking over the last few weeks is you, you talk about these things called like gallery shoots. And I was just kind of curious, like, what is a gallery shoot? Because it's like not some a world I live in, but I know you, you've kind of talked a little bit about it. That's like something you do, I guess. Yeah, so galleries basically um, usually consist of uh, publicity and key art. So for any television show, usually it's television, that's what I'm working on. They'll have a gallery where you shoot portraits of the talent on either seamless or in in a situation environment um and they'll be used then in like you know entertainment uh entertainment weekly um people magazine you know stuff like that and 
so it's like the publicity, the key art, sometimes it's spread out between two photographers too, right? That's kind of how I got my start really is like, they're like, Hey, we have this photographer who's shooting this key art, but we need somebody to shoot the publicity. Okay. Um, and, uh, sometimes one photographer does it sometimes two. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's really a gallery and it's usually like, a, there's a pre-light day, uh, where you test all the lights and, you know, mock up maybe a, a you comp, uh, something together to make it look like the final result. So that way the clients can see it, uh, or, um, you know, I don't know, just a full pre-light day is usually, kind of mandatory on these galleries a lot of times it's rough when you have to light and shoot the gallery in the same day you end up running into like a lot of overtime and and especially if there's set builds uh it's rough but um the the full network galleries um are run through all the cast members you know i remember like when i shot glee i think i think there was like 25 or 26 cast members wow um and yeah and you're doing like oh we need a portrait for uh advertising and we need a portrait for um for publicity uh of all these cast members and i mean it's just that camera is like glued to your hand th- that day you know i just so with this uh, camera, luckily, we're, we're looking at this issue right here people can hop on youtube and watch oh the, yeah you can see it but like would this be considered kind of like a gallery shoot pretty much for like this e-show it was it was it was a little bit um an unconventional shoot because it was like you know, we just were at this house and it was like, whenever we got one of the girls, uh, it was like, okay, take them over there, find a different place to shoot them. Yeah. And, um, so, and then, you know, it was, this was more used like publicity and key art at the same time, got which it. totally happens. Um, and then something but, like this, like top chef, this thing, yeah. this is interesting. So I'm guessing like looking at a lot of the work, it, I guessing like a lot of it's composite sometimes for these like key art stuff, right? Like something like this where yeah. it's top shelf, like this is probably a plate, right? Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work. <laughs> um, uh, this one might be somewhere in the middle. Um, but you know, you, and, and, and after you shoot it, you know, like, yeah, we shot them in a studio and um, we put the grass in the foreground at least. And mm-hmm. the, you know, all, everything in the foreground is there. And then all of the trees and all that stuff in the background were all comped in. Um, and, but, you know, w- once you shoot it, man, it's like, it's, it's, it's out of your hands and you just, you know, you hope for the best. And the, the most disheartening thing though, is when you shoot something like on a gray seamless and yep. then it gets run on gray seamless and you're like, Oh man, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, man. it's just, Cause then you don't, you know, you're like not super stoked to put it in your, cause if, if all you have is seamless work in your portfolio, it's like, it just gets a little monotonous, a little soul sucking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but when they work, when the comps work, it's, it's killer, you know, like um, the Orville was one that I just remember being like, that was, you know, that really um, came together more or less like how we wanted it to. Um, some of the Gotham stuff was super cool. Um but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it just depends on um, the budget that they have for their retouching, for the ad buy, all, where is it going to run, you know? And it, um, if, cause what's if you that get on a good one. What's that relationship like? Yeah, because when you're doing these things where it's like composites and you're shooting it and then it gets passed down the line, is there like a lot of times, is there a conversation with the retouchers beforehand to make sure they get what they need? Or is it more you're kind of the shooting it and they kind of just run wild with it. What's that kind of 
Yeah, I'd say for the most part, it's you shoot it and then hand it off and you pretty much have no say. Um, but there's been a few times like there was this when I shot Orville, one of the shots that we did was like a, it was like on a black background. It was a really tight portrait of the, the characters. Yeah. And I had told the client that like, hey, um, like I want to shoot this this certain way, but like it actually requires kind of a retouching technique to really pull it off and make it look the way I want. And she was super cool and was like, oh, okay, great. Like, we'll just, we'll outsource that retouching to you. Then. Um, and it doesn't always go that way, but that was like, that was super cool to be able to have control uh, over that. I, I kind of wish it would happen more often and then I kind of don't. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause it's more work. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, lot of work. More work. I have so much respect for like professional. Re- I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good retoucher, you know, like I'm good. But like there are great retouchers out there, fantastic retouchers, um, and I'm not one of those. And so it's like when all the revisions keep coming back in, I'm just like, like start sweating because I'm like, oh crap! Like I don't think I saved it that far back in order to get back to that point. I don't know. So it, it's it's um, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes the retouching. Definitely. And then also, I guess, just in terms of like the style and aesthetic of your work, is that something that kind of took you all to kind of like find your voice as a photographer and is it like this something that's continually evolving or like how do you just kind of view the style and aesthetic of your work I guess yeah I mean I would think that it's continually evolving I would hope at least um but yeah I feel like uh I you know for a while there I was like in studio like let's do it in studio uh and now I'm very much like let's go outside and like (laughs) use studio lights like every photo I have every single one of them uh, on my website is pretty much, I'd say 90 something percent lit. Yeah. Even if it's outdoors, even if so I'm trying to make it not look lit, like if there's a shot where you're like, Oh, that might be like, you know, natural light. It's not natural light. No. Um, and I love that. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I love using strobe, artificial light, bouncing, um, whatever. Uh, and so I feel like that's where it's sort of evolving is that I, I want to get, more like I really I really do I'm chasing like editorial work right now um and I've been able to get a couple shoots recently like I just did one at UCLA which was great and I was like using the environment and the architecture of UCLA and but but still lighting the subject the way I would technically if it was in studio kind of thing um and just balancing the two natural light and strobe and stuff like that's that's I, I you know I love that um and yeah just evolving too and just like you know i want i want the you know the, the bigger jobs and the you know it's like i've always said that i'm i'm you know never really satisfied i have a i have this bottle of wine that a buddy of mine gave me when we graduated at cal poly and he said open this bottle of wine on your first big shoot you know and i was like oh sick like yeah that's gonna be great like it was an expensive buy expensive at the time i don't know it's probably like you know 60 bucks or something um and you know so then i did my ghost hunter shoot right and i was like "Mm, that wasn't big enough and then i did a shoot for like direct tv and like no that wasn't it fox nope you know you just keep i just kept going and none of the shoots were big enough and i don't i think that's just me i just i think that's just like it's never going to that that bottle of wine is going to rot yeah you can't (laughs) open it now it's almost like a yeah it's it's motivation every time you look at it like yo step my game up yeah. yeah, it's probably terrible too. I, I mean, I, I probably didn't store it properly, and uh, it's probably corked. Um, but I have it, and it's it's you know that's that's kind of me. I think is like 
I don't ever want to be like too complacent. And I feel sometimes I, I, I catch myself getting in those situations where like, especially when I was going on a tear with beats by Dre yep. uh, for shoots. And I started to really, I, I got comfortable and kind of lulled myself to sleep in terms of like not shooting test shoots and not like, it was just kind of like, ah, oh, well, the work is just coming in. Like, I'm just going to. Or do you kind of, do you find yourself kind of like doing a lot of the same uh, lighting setups? Cause I've definitely found myself getting in the routine, like especially the editorial. I kind of, you got your cu- couple tricks in your bag that you do, but it's like, it's good to like switch it up. W- was it kind of some of that or is it more just. Definitely. Yeah. And, and so I, I just, I did a test shoot recently and I told my assistant um, like pep talk, like before the <laughs> shoot. And I was like, listen, please help me like, because if, if when I'm shooting in something and it's like, if things like maybe aren't going right or not exactly how I envisioned it, mm-hmm. I totally fall back into like this network gallery, like key so, light, fill, the, rim, yeah. um, you know? And so I told him and he, you know, he was fantastic. I was like, you got it, man. Like, let's not do it. And um, yeah, but yeah I, I had to say like, don't let me fall on a trap. Like if it's not working, like, well, let's like keep trying something to make it work and not fall back into that trap. And really came away with some great, I'll, I'll be posting it pretty soon. And, and I'm like super proud of it. Uh, and, and that's felt great um, trying to, you know, cause also like, I feel like COVID has been a huge reset for me in, in, in a couple ways. Like it kind of rewired the way I think and the way I, you know, view like money and, mm-hmm. and jobs and all that kind of stuff. But also like a lot of my clients that I had have kind of, they've moved on, right? Like they've either been laid off or they went to a different company or they just left the industry. And so on the other side of all this like lockdown COVID stuff, I'm basically, I feel like I'm starting over. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's a blessing. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm really happy about it. Um, but I'm really, I feel like I'm going, I'm going to be coming into the rest of this year, like a newbie, like, uh, you know, just like, hi, I'm, I'm Tommy Garcia. I'm a photographer. I'd love to work for you and all over again. And, That's a and good mindset cool. to have. Like, you're like excited about it. A lot of people could probably view it the other way. Like, oh man, I'm fucked or something, but you're looking at it like, <laughs> all right, man, here's, here's, here's a new opportunity to work with some different people that I haven't worked with before, man. So, yeah. And, and I could just be, I could be dumb and, and overly optimistic, uh, but it's just how I'm looking at it is just like, it's a re I hit the reset button, you know, yeah. uh, my, my router wasn't working. I unplugged it, wait 30 seconds, plug it back in. Um, and let's see what happens. Um, and just going to like really kind of full court press this, uh, marketing campaigns and re- and reaching out and like, you know, relying on my, my personality and my work to, uh, to woo the clients <laughs> into hiring me. Yeah, man. I mean, for me, I think that's like the funnest thing about being a photographer is like every year I'm like, man, what's going to be coming down the line? Like what photos am I going to make? Like, so, you know, you, every year, like hopefully like cool opportunities come up and you, you know, maybe make a cool couple of cool pictures for a portfolio. And that's it. I mean, as you know, this business is crazy, dude. <laughs> like, it's like hard to make a living, yeah. but for me, that's what kind of yeah. keeps me going. Like, it's just the excitement of like seeing what's going to come next, you know? Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, and during COVID, I mean, it was the first time since I picked up that camera at the NASCAR race, it was the first time where I genuinely looked in the mirror and was like, I don't know, man, 
this, this might not be for you. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm, you might not survive this and you might have to get your, you know, real estate license or, um, it was the first time that I, that I ever thought about what is, what is plan B? What, what are, what are my options? Where could I go? What could yeah. I do? And that's terrifying. You know, that was like, put me in a funk for a while. I mean, you know, I remember mid, mid COVID, you know, towards the end of the summer, it was just like depressing. It oh, was yeah, like, man. it hurt. And, and then, and seeing people go back to work because like entertainment is taking the longest to come back. Um, so, you know, you start seeing like, and I, and I got a few jobs here and there kept me alive and, you know, <laughs> thankfully Bitcoin uh, <laughs> kept me alive. Um, but you know, seeing people work like advertising shoots picking up and seeing like, you know, photographers that are on my same roster, mm -hmm. um, working and I'm not, it was like, Oh yeah, man. Huge blow to the ego. And, and we didn't, you know, now, right. We have clubhouse. Uh, if anybody's not on clubhouse, you can find me and Alex on there uh, way more than we probably should be. <laughs> yeah. Way too much. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, we didn't have, I didn't have that. Right. And so I wasn't, I didn't have anybody to like bounce things off of, or I didn't have anybody to say like, dude, me too. Like I'm in that same oh, boat, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's been, it's actually been really relieving and, and honestly inspiring to talk to you guys. And like, um, you know, one to have like photo buddies who just like get it and who just like understand. And then also like, you know, like I just got the R5 and then I'm like, like, Hey, Justin, right. Uh, you know, Hey, how do I, how do I do this? Like, I don't know. I'm, this is a new feature for me. This is weird. And then he just like, boom, explains it. Yeah. And it's just like, and, you know, then you look at other, you know, the youngins who come in, like our, our buddy, Travis Yeah. and uh, shout out Travis. Uh, and man, I would have killed to at the beginning of my career, hop into a chat room yep. with Jeff Lipsky and yeah. Tim Tatter and Gary Chris Land. Buck yeah. and Gary Land. And like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah just a wealth of, of knowledge that floats around in any given room is pretty incredible. And so uh, I hope that the youngins like Travis uh, appreciate it, which I know he does, yeah. but um, yeah. So, so it's weird that that something like that actually did sort of pull me out of a funk and, and get me like hyped again. Like I, I've never been, I haven't been this excited about the career. Not, I really feel like I don't think I took it for granted. I swear. Um, but there's been a, the, the reset happened and now I'm like, I'm pumped. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't have bought the R5 if I didn't think that I had a future in this. Right. I would have been like, Ooh, save your money. You might need it for, you know, the bar exam, uh, or whatever. Um, and so I'm just like, no, I'm like doubling down. Like this is, I want it. I want to make this work. And, and I, I obviously I know I need to get better, um, to get the better jobs and clients. And you know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, definitely, man. It's just been good to, you know, being able to talk to other photographers because I think everyone at some point in their career is going to have points like, you know, certainly I've had that too, where it's like, fuck, man, like the jobs aren't coming in. And it's like, is this going to turn for me? But yeah, I think, like you said, if you just keep shooting and keep putting it out there, eventually, you know, stuff will come your way. And I, I feel like a lot, a lot of it for me is like momentum. If I do a test shoot that kind of, once you kind of keep going, it's this momentum and slowly stuff kind of starts to trickle in and like, Longer totally. you can, the longer you can stay in the game, the better, you know, but yeah, it is. I, yeah. I mean, sometimes just staying around, right. Just being relevant and staying mm -hmm. around, like can get you clients or work or whatever. It's like, sometimes you're just playing like outlasting the other people game. Yeah, and, man. um, you know, if you can do it, it, it can, it can really work to your, to your advantage. Yeah, definitely, man. What's well, exciting. One, one series I wanted to talk to you about, 
this seems like an awesome project to work on. Um, you got to do all these portraits for, I believe this was all for like Joe Buck's TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was on. Uh, so it was actually on Audience Network, which is a direct TV, was a direct TV, um, like proprietary channel is their channel. Yeah. And um, so Joe Buck was the interviewer and it was um, uh, basically the idea behind the show was they they only interviewed champions. Right. Like that was like you could be like a sports legend, you know, like Dan Marino. And like you kind of weren't invited to the show. Um <laughs> it was all about people who won championships or, or at some point or another and were retired. That was another thing. Like hall of famers and whatever respective sport pretty much. Yeah. And so, so Joe was the interviewer and um, I would shoot the unit uh, work, which, you know, unit is like on set, like shoot while they're filming, you know, you're shooting stills and uh, I would shoot the unit and then I would shoot portraits of the talent for you know it was like basically a mini gallery it was like they were going to use them for publicity social and like a key art like some sort of billboard or something like that um and dude every day it was just legends walking through the door you know i mean unbelievable sports athletes and that's why the show is called undeniable right because they're they're undeniably the best fantastic the best at what they do um and just the, the personalities that some of them had and um you know and and as i'm a super i'm a huge sports person um and anybody who knows me basically i'm like my name is like synonymous yeah. with the dodgers i thought, uh, I thought you were <laughs> sf giants fan dude whoa 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 <laughs> Don't bring it up. Don't bring it. Dodgers. Whoa, all whoa. I'm, I'm all right. I'm out of here. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I absolutely hate the Giants more than anything um, on the face of Earth. They're, they're like they're like evil um, incarnate. Um, I, I love the rivalry, though. It's actually really fun um, yeah. to like mess with Giants fans. And it's, I mean, dude, they, they had it over us for years, right? Three championships in five years. Like, dude, I as love a Dodger dude, fan. Dude, I brought up the Di- I love it, dude. I love the passion, dude. You might be yeah, the as a Dodger one. fan. <laughs> You know, you just you just had to take it, and now now we're the best uh, ever world champions. No All right, calm down, calm down, Tommy, calm down. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so so but obviously there's there's a passion for sports, uh, yeah. and so being around all these athletes was just like it's just it's unbelievable. And with this, it seemed I really enjoyed the series. Um, did they kind of let you do your thing with lighting? Um, because it seemed like a little more like contrasty than some of your other work. I really enjoyed the the lighting on these portraits. Yeah, they they basically just said like have at it, um, and you know, real so really the client the client the shoots were re- structured really weird, like nothing I'd ever done before. Mm-hmm. Basically, that because there was an interview that and it was like a three hour interview sometimes, like Damn. with breaks and all that stuff. So the shoots were spread way out. So you only did two a day, two interviews a day. So the shoot would last like two weeks, three weeks. And you're just like, they were trying to make the schedule work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because of that, because the client was in New York, there was nobody on set with me. Um, And luckily, I mean, the the people who hired me for this were, I consider them friends. They're, they're awesome. And I've known them for a long time. And they basically said, we trust you. Like, but their ask was gray seamless. That's Mm -hmm. all they wanted. Just shoot it on gray. We'll do whatever with it, you know? And I just kind of was took it on myself to be like, you know what, like I'm going to turn this gray seamless into three different setups. So I had, I had the gray and then I had a, like I would, so basically shooting them straight down the barrel on a gray seamless. Mm -hmm. And then 
I had a black like duvetine thing and then I would just turn to the side. And now, so that light that was like here is technically now here, right? Uh, and so that's where the black background ones are a little bit more like sidey, moody. Uh, and then I had the white, which was a silk off to the side. And so, so basically, I, I mean, and each talent I got was probably, I mean, anywhere from 30 seconds to four minutes. Wow, like, dude. I did, I did not have a lot of time. And so I was really trying to make the most out of these moments. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, great, seamless, great, seamless, great, seamless. Here's a chair. Here's a chair. Shoot, shoot, shoot. So, okay. And black and, when, and now white. So when you, when you have a shoot like that, where you don't have a lot of time, how like calculated are you with like the posing? Like, do you, do you have it like mapped out? Like when, when, when like Michael Phelps gets here, I want him to pose like this or when Dennis Rodman gets here, is it more kind of, they show up and it's an organ organic thing or how's that process when you don't have a lot of time? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it has to be a little organic, right? Because some of them are not like one, like either they hate photo shoots yep. um, or maybe they're like a little awkward um, mm -hmm. just because they're not used to being photographed for like in this, in this, you know, way. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so you kind of just have to let it play out, but there is definitely like an internal clock always running for me where I'm just like, you know, if I shoot too many frames, plus it's just redundant, right? If they're just standing there with their arms crossed, yep. you sh it's like, all right, well, I got like six frames of that. I mean, how many more can I possibly get of that mm -hmm. like specific look, right? And so you ha I have that like internal clock. Um, and then there were props where they were like, we needed everybody to be in some sort of a chair situation because when they would put them together in the comp, they wanted them to be, you know, staggered and mm -hmm. all that. Um, so everybody had to have a chair shot and then like turn to the left, turn to the right, no crotch. Cause everybody, when they sit on a chair just wants to like spread Eagle. Yeah. Um, so you're like, uh, let's, let's tone Damn. that down. So there's um, a lot, to, there's a lot to think about in a short amount of time when you're doing these things. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, who are you shooting? Is it Joe Theismann? All right. Throw him a football. Like let's do a couple football shots. Um, you know, Pete Rose, throw him, throw him a baseball. Um, and, uh, you know. Yeah. Who was your favorite to work with out of this series? Obviously there are short shoots, but was there one that kind of stuck out for you that was like, either you're excited about or just kind of happy with how it came out or. Yeah, there were a couple. Uh, I think, I think my favorite like character was uh, Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Um, just lit up a room um i mean that guy you know he's just so charismatic and you just you can't help but just uh, uh laugh along with him or whatever um and then uh ozzy smith uh so ozzy smith is he was my favorite non-dodger baseball player when i was younger um and he was the only person of all of these people that i asked for an autograph um, I just like, I never like to do that. I never, I, you know, I just don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to be that guy or I yeah. don't know, whatever. Um, and, but Ozzy Smith actually went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, oh, uh, wow. and the baseball field is named after him. And, um, you know, and so he, he's, he's to me, he's, he's baseball, right? Like, that's who I think of. I just, I love Ozzy. If he had been a Dodger, oh man, I would have, you know, I would have changed my name to Ozzy Smith. Um, but yeah, so I asked him for an autograph and he signed it. Ozzy Smith, Hall of Fame, you know, the year he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that baseball is, is a prized possession of mine now. No, that's amazing, man. And like, wh what is it about like baseball? Because I was going to ask you about this other project you did. I'll bring it up here uh, called, what is it? Uh, so Somos Los Do Doyers. Um, yeah. What is it? 
what is it about baseball and sports that you enjoy photographing? I guess the, the athletes and I'll let, let me pull up this project because it was great. I believe it's all like Dodgers fans, right? Yeah. So, you know, what's cool too is like, you know, you always talk, you always hear about like uh, personal projects, right? That's what like everybody sort of pounds into photographers' heads. Like you got to do personal projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that and I was just bad at it and or bad at like having an idea and then not executing it. Yep. And um, I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I had this idea um, to shoot portraits of Dodger fans and try to make them all in the same, like, you know, the, the point really was how diverse the fan base is. It's like, you know, rich, poor, uh, it's every ethnicity you can think of. It's mm-hmm. every walk of life. But what do we all have in common is we're Dodger fans. And not to say that other fan bases aren't diverse, for sure, like Yankees, um, you know, whatever. It's just there's, I don't know, man, something about Dodger games. You go to Dodger game, it is every walk of life. Uh, you know, it's celebrities down in the in the rich seats. Um and yeah, I don't know. And then, and then there's just so much like character, like this guy with his, you know, uh, his uh, Lucha Libre mask and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and so, and I also, you know, I've always loved uh, the Doyers, right? So basically uh, in Spanish, uh, G is, is pretty rough to say. It doesn't really show up very often in the middle of a word. Yep. So it's in order to pronounce Dodgers, a, 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 a majority like Spanish speaking person is going to say, Doigers, 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 and so it slowly evolved into this doyers, and you basically it's like the the you know sort of like a Hispanic community sort of owning it and just being like yeah that's right we say doyers what's up you know (laughs) and uh, and long story short I'll make this quick but basically it's it's not too different from the Dodgers themselves Um, so if anybody knows the history of the Dodgers the reason why they're called the Dodgers is because they were from Brooklyn. And if you, if you lived in Brooklyn, you were called a trolley dodger. And it was sort of like a derogatory remark. It meant you weren't as rich as the Manhattan crowd who rides the subway. If you were in Brooklyn, you had to dodge the trolleys um, and keep an eye out for trolleys. Um, and so they were called the trolley dodgers. And then they changed their name to just the dodgers. So basically like leaning into it and owning this sort of like what was once an insult uh, and now you like take ownership of it and you're like, no, that's, that's our thing. And that's, that's kind of how Doyers is. It's like taking ownership of it and saying like, no, no, that's like, yeah, that's, yeah, we say it different. So what? It's, it means the same thing. Yeah. No, um, these are incredible. So do you basically set up a background like outside of the stadium and photograph these or like what was kind of the process of putting these together? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, the Dodgers would, you know, would probably have kicked me out. So I couldn't do it in the stadium, but yeah. I set up close by. And I basically, I built this rig out of PVC pipe because I had this idea in my head of like, I wanted to make like a box because mm-hmm. I love the way like the dark on the, the sides of their faces. If I was like, if I put duvetine here on this side, maybe like a silk on top to let some light in. Yeah. And then basically the light is just, because these are all natural lit. So I guess I, I, this, I kind of lied when I said everything was strobed because well, none thought, of these are. Oh, you're not even, you're, so you're not even lighting. The, is there a strobe on the background or that's this Photoshop? No, so I bought this background from this, I don't know, some site and probably manufactures them in China or something, but it's basically like, a, it's like a, a fabric that is a little transparent. And then the, um, the design of this fabric is blue that kind of vignettes a little bit. Oh, all right. But when the light, when the light is set right, 
or when the light is coming through the right way, it makes it look like it has like a halo glow behind them. Yeah, I thought it was a grid. Um, I thought you had like a little like like mini C stand with a, like a grid on the back or something. Yeah, so it was kind of and you know it made it a little bit easier to like I build I set I build my little PVC rig and just like you know clamp C stands, hold it up nice and secure, and this whole PVC rig, and then um, to not have to worry about strobes or battery power or anything like that. And you know it started off one day I did it and I got like eight people, and you know it was crazy is how many people said no. Okay. Uh, I did not, I didn't expect that. I don't know why. Cause I'm just like, I would approach people like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a professional photographer and I'm doing this project shooting Dodger fans. And everybody's first reaction is always like, what, like, what, what do you get out of this? What are you what, trying like, to sell much? me? What are you trying to yeah. sell me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how much does it cost? Well, what, where are you going to use them? You know, everybody's so guarded and mm-hmm. rightfully so. I don't know why I didn't even think about that going into it. Um, but I got, I got way more no's than I got yeses, which was pretty crazy. Um, and, but then it sort of started to build a little bit more momentum. And then I started setting up at uh, Philippe's, which uh, is a French dip place here in LA, like kind of downtown LA. Yep. And they let me set up in their parking lot before Dodger games. And a lot of people go to Philippe's before the Dodger game uh, to grab a French dip. And that's when I really started getting a lot of people coming through. Yeah, and it was crazy. Once, up, once other people start seeing other people do it, then they're like, oh, they're doing it. I'll do it. Like, yeah yeah and once and people like once they found out too like i wasn't i wasn't charging for this i just you know retouch and just give them you know send them the image yeah uh, tag them in instagram um i think then people got more like oh okay like yeah i'll, I'll go get my picture taken um and yeah it was just uh it was a super cool project for me but but what's really rad is like so everybody hounds on the personal projects right and then i did this and then who calls me who hits me up freaking nike right like nike hits me up and says we want to do a project with you um like your fan thing for the dodgers before opening day and then the world fell apart from covid and that shoot didn't happen but down the line there's power in that personal project but you got the photo what was this for clayton kershaw legend like yeah so yeah so uh this was for hand cooked tires and um when i was working for anton watts one of his big clients was in Ocean USA, which is an advertising agency. And um, they mostly handle Hyundai, right? But mm-hmm. they also have hand-cooked tires. And so I've had a relationship with them and they've hired me for, because, uh, you know, Anton shoots cars. He doesn't really shoot people like uh, advertising type situations. And so in Ocean has reached out to me to shoot their uh, certain things. And then this shoot came up with Kershaw and they were, you know, it was kind of like, like I said, my name is synonymous with the Dodgers. It was kind of like You're a no brainer hyped. You're probably hyped when you got this. Oh, I was so stoked. And, and I don't even, you know, usually add, you know, they're usually triple bidding things and yep. stuff like that. I don't even think they did that. I, I think they just kind of said like, it's Clayton Kershaw, like <laughs> Tommy's going to shoot this kind of thing. Um, which was pretty great. And yeah, so we were at Dodger stadium, like, uh, ungodly early time in the morning to start and uh you know none of the crowd is in there i photoshopped all and, oh and i did all the retouching on these oh um, wow, like man, this you did a good I, job oh uh, thanks yeah it was dude it was so hard i was so proud of myself uh because i was like oh my god I, I don't i don't know if this is gonna look good maybe i should have outsourced this um but i remember sending one of the first run passes to angie yeah. uh <laughs> angie and she was like no these look great and i was like oh my god thank you <laughs> so what did you so what did you, you obviously shot kershaw and you had like a session but then what did you go back at, during a game and this kind of like snap and then this kind of change the yep. di- dimensions and all that 
So I have, I have, I'm a season ticket holder. And so, and day games are not my favorite because it's just too damn hot. Um, yeah. And my seats are in the sun and you just melt. So I just, uh, I went to the game by myself and just walked around the stadium uh, during a, a day game to try mm. to match the lighting and just shot as much of the crowd as I possibly could. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And then just like warping them in there and like blurring them the right way and all that stuff. Uh, it, it was super fun. It was, and, and yeah, dude. So I, there's actually a moment, right. I have a picture of it too, but I was laying on the infield of Dodger stadium, right, right in front of the mound, Kershaw standing on the mound and I'm laying on the ground, shooting him, looking up at him. And I legit, I stopped shooting for like an uncomfortable amount of time, yeah. like 20, 30 seconds <laughs> of no frames. And it was honestly like, I, I swear I had a moment like where I stopped, I looked and I was like talking to myself, like, like, do you, do you realize where you are right now? Like, yeah, do you realize man. what you're doing? It's fucking like, awesome your whole life has been at the stadium. I've been a fan. When I was born, the first thing they put me in was a, you know, a Dodger blanket. <laughs> One of the earliest photos of me is, is in a Steve Sachs shirt, you know, like Dodgers just, it's always been my life. And so I'm on the ground looking at one of the best pitchers to ever play, you know, the game and happens to be a Dodger in Dodger stadium. And it was a trip, dude. It was like, it was a super cool moment that like, I'll never forget. And luckily the client, was taking some like behind the scenes photos and kind of captured that almost exact moment. Yeah, man. Yeah. All that hard work paid off, man. Every once in a while you get, you get, a, you get a good win and it's like, get that job, man. It, it, all that stress, the nights when you're like, fuck, it was going to work. And it's like, all right, man, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> paid off. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it was just to have those images and like um, to shoot that job and, and to get paid, you know, handsomely because it's advertising for hand cooked tires and it was a great job for me yeah. uh, financially even um just i mean what a crazy world uh that's like too good to be true it feels Definitely. like yeah man well i guess to wrap up tommy man we could talk for another 10 hours but I know. Uh, what, what what what's next man like any goals for your work moving forward or anything like kind of bucket list stuff you want to shoot or what are you hoping to work on the next uh, few months or years or yeah Definitely. So um, it's really for me, I think it's all about like um, scaling up, right? And, and going after those bigger clients, like everything is streaming now. And, and, you know, I've shot a few times for some of the big streaming companies, but not enough. And I really want to like, I want my name to be like solid with them. Like, hey, this, this guy, you know, he handles the shoot. Like, mm -hmm. you got nothing to worry about when you hire him. Um, and so, so getting those bigger clients and I've always wanted to shoot movie posters. I'm hoping that those, you know, I know it's kind of more of like a unit thing now, but like I, I've been dying to shoot movie posters. Um, and it's just, so yeah, so everything really is just onward and upward and, yeah. and in, in that sort of like reset too, it's, it's like, uh, that feeling of like, I want new things. Like, sure. I'm probably going to shoot pretty similar, similar ish stuff moving mm -hmm. forward, but like, you know, let's get like the bigger talent and the bigger clients and the bigger budgets and like really get some of the like jobs with like big ad buys where yeah. it's like billboards and, you know, it's let's all over that Marvel place. money, man. Let's get you that Avengers shit right there. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and yeah. yeah th and that test shoot that I did recently that I'm going to, I'll post pretty soon. I mean, you'll see, all right. you'll see where I'm heading. I'm excited, um, man. Well, yeah. Uh, and so yeah. fingers crossed. 
every finger, all of them, toes, everything, <laughs> cross everything. Hell I yeah, need all man. the help I can get. Well, Tommy, man, always a pleasure. And for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, you find me on Instagram at I am Tommy G. Uh, I A M T O M M Y G. Um, that's my everything, right? That's my clubhouse. That's my right. Twitter. That's my yep. Instagram. Everything is I am Tommy G because I am Tommy G. Um, and my website, I'm I'm kind of one of those weird ones who I don't post all of my work on my social media, and I probably should be better about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving forward, I probably will. But yeah, find me on Instagram. But my website www.iamtommyg.com. And um, yeah, let's work. Perfect. Well, thanks, Tommy. And when I come to LA, man, we're going to a Dodgers game, dude. Oh, bro, I'm going to make you pizza. I'm going to, yeah, we're, we're doing it all, man. All right, cool, man. Well, I'll cut it there. So there you have it. That was the Tommy Garcia interview. Uh, just want to thank Tommy so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to him about his work and everything he's accomplished within his career. Just a really amazing photographer, uh, incredible at lighting. Um, definitely go check out Tommy's website at IamTommyG.com, as well as definitely go follow him on Instagram at IamTommyG. He's always posting up cool work and different projects he's working on up there, so definitely go give him a follow. And also, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, today's episode, if you go to pickdrop.com, you'll get three months of the pickdrop file transfer tool for free when you sign up at pickdrop.com. All you got to do is enter the promo code photobanter, one word. Um, so definitely go check it out. Go check out PickDrop. Like I said, I've been using it for months now. I really enjoy it. Kind of helps me kind of keep all my files in one place. I can easily access them on the go on my mobile and download them. And uh, it's it's really been easy. All my clients have been using it, downloading their files, and uh, really positive response. And they've been enjoying it too. So definitely go check it out. And like I said, remember remember to go enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, one word, when you sign up for PickDrop at PickDrop.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.